Hello and welcome back. Happy Sunday. We never start off this uh, this podcast by saying the day of the week because we always record on different days. But I realize you're listening to this podcast consistently Sundays, 8 a.m. EST. Uh, today, we are super excited to announce that we have Alejandra, the co-founder at Beep Boop, um, on the podcast with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Yeah, so are we. We're just chatting a little bit before the podcast got started, and I can really tell this is going to be a really, really good one. Um, but before we get started, we'd love to ask you a question we asked to all our guests on Counter In, which is, what are you bringing to the table today, both literally and figuratively? So you've got a snack by you or something you're chewing on, or what is something figuratively, what sort of energy, um, value, mindset, perspective do you hope to bring today to the podcast? Absolutely. So um, I'm actually, <laughs> I am eating a snack, so it's plantain chips. Um, in Peru, they're right. called chifles, um, one of my favorite snacks in the world. <laughs> um, okay. And then like figuratively, I would say I'm bringing empathy. I think that's one of the most important things that I've learned when being an entrepreneur and just like living all around the world is having empathy where people can take you really far. That's amazing. What about you, Waylon? Today I'm bringing dependability and flexibility. So I think that this week I tried to embody like being there for my friends is there's a lot of tryouts for different clubs and different activities and it's really scary sometimes being on a college campus and wanting to try out for a dance group or the rowing team or something like that and not having people to go with you. So I've definitely tried to like walk my friends there and be there and be supportive for them. So definitely dependability. What about you, Allie? What are you bringing to the table? So literally I'm bringing my infamous oatmeal. It is now 7.30 AM in Shanghai and just, you know, love the oatmeal. You can't <laughs> not love it. And something I'm bringing right now is honestly the sense of like, appreciation of the time where you are somewhere um um Alejandra I've been in Shanghai now for the past like 11 months or so and I haven't seen my family haven't left China and it was kind of just like I didn't know when I was going to leave because like if you leave you can't come back but life is really good here so it's kind of that struggle but I really made a decision a couple weeks ago that like I'm going to be leaving in three months and although it's, it's like kind of bittersweet but like it allows me to both appreciate my time here so much more and I feel so happy about that but also like I was just on a call with my sister and she said to me three months until you come home Allie and like it's so sweet to me so I'm gonna bringing this like sometimes it's like that pressure it's like you only have this time left it's like it kind of forces you to appreciate the time a little bit so I don't know if that's a word but I'm feeling that right now um but with that in mind, though, I would love to take it all the way back to the beginning, Alejandro, when you were, I think, I believe you said you were growing up in Peru, correct? Yeah, so I'm born and raised in Peru. Yeah. <laughs> so Waylon usually asks this question, but I'm just going to, I'm going to see if I can sort of go with it. What do you think were like any first inklings of your entrepreneurial spirit? When you were younger, do you think you were kind of dabbling in like different like businesses or creating something, trying something new? What were like those first instances you can remember even in school where you felt like your entrepreneurial spirit was shining through? Absolutely. So this might be a little bit unorthodox, but it actually started at a fundraiser. Um, and just like I, I finally understood what social entrepreneurship is and that's how I got my fit into entrepreneurship. Uh, when I was younger, I, w- I had this project in, sc- in this course in school called Personal Projects, and I was doing this like campaign for raising funds for like adopting dolphins. It's like an NGO in Peru to help dolphins, and like I had to raise money. And I remember starting to sell like lemon key lime pies. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> oh my yeah I, I was like doing that, and I realized like 
um, you need resources to create a big impact sometimes. So I realized that I can have a big impact if the more resources that I could gather. So that started my passion. Like my, my dad, he's also a businessman. My mom's a lawyer. So I always had that like very driven side of me from an early age. And like, as I started like going to high school, I remember going into college schools, like call, taking college classes, like about business or management, because I thought, why not start early? That was like the motto of my life. I, love that. <laughs> I think that like already from this podcast, like you can feel like the energy that you bring to the table and your drivenness. Um, so you say that most of that comes from like your parents and really seeing them work hard. What do you think um, like really motivated you throughout college, throughout high school, and then later on now to start your own business? Perfect. So throughout college, I was privileged to have this experience of studying in a different country every semester. So wow. that yeah, but actually, yeah, it gave me the opportunity to be able to see a lot of realities and also see how the ecosystem of entrepreneurship works around the world. Um, I think it like it catalyzed the catalyzer was when I was living in China, when I was living in Hangzhou and studying at Tianjin University. Like oh, I, right. <laughs> yeah, China? oh my goodness, it's, <laughs> yeah, I used to live in China for two years, wow. and. Um, that's that's like I used to go to Shanghai every night to networking okay. events like jump on the train after class and I yes. saw amazing badass women like working on their careers like working on their passion projects and everyone used to tell me like I quit my job at a fortune 500 like I'm doing this now here in Shanghai and I was like oh, I want to do that that sounds really amazing why do it why not do it now instead of waiting until older so I graduated college in 2019 and I met my co-founder at a Techstars event and we both like pitched language learning ideas for a startup and that's how it all started. Um, I think it's also one of my passions has always been languages because that's how I've been able to participate in the communities that I've been living in through all these years in school and being a polyglot just like show me that it can open you so many doors to expand your horizons and entrepreneurship is literally initiative taking initiative and like creating projects that are going to create a greater good and like impact the way people are living and solve a problem so yeah that's amazing um I can't believe you lived in China like that's I'm sure Ali will pop off about this in a in a quick second um but I'm just so curious to know like how many languages can you speak have you always been able to like pick up languages super fast yeah, so I, I only speak four languages. So it's English, Spanish, French, oh and Mandarin. Only four? <laughs> oh my goodness. Two years such underachievers. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but it's always been a passion for me to talk. And when I was in, I don't know, I've seen this like posts on Instagram all the time. Like if you were told that you were very talkative in school, like where are you now? Like I was that type of person that used to be like always talking. Like my teachers would be like, oh, we put a mannequin next to you. You'll probably talk to them. Um, <laughs> so it's always been my passion to talk. And that's something that I catch really easily, like accents and like the way you pronounce different words and mm. being very observant of the intonation that you have. So with French, it was really similar to Spanish. Like, sure, like the pronunciation sure. wasn't hard. And then when I started learning, well, in English, like I learned that in school through all my life because my school was an international one. I did the international baccalaureate and everything was in English. 
But with Mandarin, that's like, it fascinated me. It opened a new door to a new world. I was like, oh my God, I love this. Because it was not only like pronunciation, it was also the tones. It was also the history behind every character. And yeah, that's how it, it went. That's so amazing. Yeah. That's it. So you were in um, Hangzhou, Shanghai. And I think that's such a cool place to be, especially like in the 2018 sphere, like right before COVID as well. Um, kind of seeing like it's been on such a trajectory, especially around Hangzhou with Alibaba and just like the government's just pouring money into, you know, like so many opportunities for foreign students, especially. So I'm sure you met people from around the world and I'm actually going to ask you, if you know, some people in Hangzhou after, but for now though, I am such a firm believer in the fact that like, if you know how to communicate with people, you can literally do anything you want. Like English, Chinese, Spanish, that entrepreneurial spirit, you'll never be unemployed, like easy. So did you always like have that mindset or is that something you kind of learned over time? No, I think that I, when I was younger, like definitely that was something that my parents really instigated in me, like learn English or you're going to go nowhere. Like they were always like, learn English, learn English, learn English. And when I started growing up, I realized, oh, even Spanish is useful. <laughs> so that, that was a really nice realization. Um, so yeah, I think it's always been, now something that I can think of as like when I'm 90 like I would love to like always like help translating because I I love how the brain feels when you're translating on the go like I, I used to live in Morocco too I was studying at Mohammed Sang University in Rabat and I remember like listening English and French and like talking to my friends in Spanish and translating all that was just like it's like your brain is on adrenaline like a hundred percent all the time I love it. I think like for me, so my parents, um, my mom speaks Mandarin and Hokkien and my dad speaks Hakka, which are dialects of Chinese. Um, and they grew up like we grew up in our house speaking English and neither of them taught me or my sister how to speak like their dialects or to speak Mandarin really well. And that's something that I always tell them. I really regret like not starting early with my languages because that learning curve for languages is so high. Um, but recently I picked up Chinese for again. Um, and being able to like converse with my grandparents, but also like feel my brain, like say certain words in Chinese is like one of the most rewarding feelings and satisfying feelings I think I've ever gotten. Um, but yeah, I remember there was one time in Singapore, I was like on the like MTR train um, and there was a little three-year-old who was Japanese, but could speak Chinese with, and she was Japanese, spoke Japanese with her mother, spoke Chinese with her dad, and then spoke like English with her grandfather, or, like something like that. And she like knew five languages at the age of three. And I remember pointing to her, to my like parents. And I was like, why am I not like that? Like, <laughs> I was yeah, that's crazy. No. I'm just going to ask the question. I think everyone is kind of wondering right now, just to get out of the way, Alejandra, what's the best way to learn a language? Tell me. Um, I would say definitely Bimoob. <laughs> okay. Tell me why. Because <laughs> um, we focus, like I mentioned, on spoken proficiency. So I think all my frustrations and all my co-founders frustrations that we encounter were learning new languages. We solve that problem with Bimoob because we focus only on making sure that you're able to speak. And I think that in this fast-paced world, what you need is to have that confidence and like the skills to be able to talk in a language of your choice. Um, yeah. which is something that I was like not seeing when I was learning with like other apps or 
just like with regular classroom classes um, until I waited for someone to say my name so that I can talk and practice the dialogue out loud mm. it was forever and I was like ready to talk so <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah for sure because I think honestly the technology for translation of reading emails back and forth is going to just get better and better over time like if someone sends you an email in Spanish or Chinese or Portuguese whatever and you can just read the email and you never talk to them that'll be fine but to be in the moment, crapping at the grocery store in Peru, and I need, I need milk. There's no other way. Like it's, it's so. There's so much friction. I just need to talk to them. Like I completely agree. Being able to talk is the best, best way. I completely, completely agree. Yeah. And I think also the fact that like the way that you should learning. I I like learning languages like a baby. If that makes sense. So what I mean by this is, you immerse yourself in the pronunciation and the sounds of the words, and then you associate it with different pictures or like ways of, of being a word written I think that actually really helps a lot because a lot of people think that speaking is the last part but you have to remember how you learn your first language as you were a baby like I learned Spanish by repeating the words that my mom used to say right first word is mom like water things like that and that's how your brain would associate things faster too that's a great point you make you're right repetition is really really important um so you had the idea for Bpop. You knew the problem. How did you get from, okay, I'm going to learn more languages. And I'm going to help others to where you are now. What was that transition like? Well, I first, I, when I met my co-founder, he had this like amazing experience of studying at Dartmouth college. And he taught me about this method that like inspired him. And he was like, oh, it's like acting, but it's way more engaging and it's fun. And I was like, okay, uh, this is, this is a way then I, I'm a very expressive person and finding this method like really clicked with me and I was now that I do like a lot of interviews with our the students I've seen that it, there's a lot of people who have that issue so I that's that's basically it I think it's just clicking that I love that so how did you go from this ideation of like creating or like seeing the problem and then having like quokas as your like brand image how did you get the name the idea the branding for it and then also how are you differentiating yourselves from other large like language learning platforms yeah so the first way uh, that we introduced the method was just like doing a lot of interviews so we you would not believe this but we started just teaching medical spanish so our main target were healthcare professionals oh, wow this was before the pandemic. Uh, we did not see it coming, but it actually prepared us for what was coming up. Um, and I think it's also, we, with like Taka, like we started thinking about a way to teach languages that it's not intimidating. Because I think when you're learning a new language, it gets really uncomfortable and like it puts you in a spot where you don't know what you're saying and you don't want to make someone feel bad if you're saying something wrong. So with Taka, which is the name of our little mascot, uh, the Coca, we wanted oh, to make so it cute. <laughs> yeah, because it's like talking, which is like Taka. Um, <laughs> she's super cute and sweet, and we want it to be all about compassionate feedback. So, and like when we started with with Devin, we had a different name. Like our name was Internal Monitor, not friendly at all. So we. We were looking at names and I remember seeing these like Pinterest board of like words that you cannot say without smiling. And <laughs> <laughs> I love so that. I want that. I want when someone makes a mistake to laugh at it. Um, and we both were really aligned with that. 
you're just making sure that when you make mistakes, you're learning. Every time you hear people, you're learning and making mistakes just means that you're trying, which is really important. I think that's such a good mindset to have when learning a new language. Like I know that I've had first of all, like teachers are everything when you're learning a new language. If you have someone who's super encouraging and like really is there for you, like you want to learn more, but I've had some teachers who are not like that. And then I've had some teachers that are like with me all the way. They're like, hear my mistakes, but they're like encouraging me. They're saying I'm getting better every day. And that's the type of, like, that's the way that I learned best. Um, And I love, like, I was going to tell you, like, I can't say Beep Boop, like, without smiling. Like, it's such a friendly name. Um, (laughs) And it just, yeah, it's amazing. I love the concept. I love the idea. And I love that you're giving some representation to quokas because I feel like quokas are so underrepresented, but they're so cute. Um, What has been, like, one of the challenges that you've had while setting up Beep Boop? I think one of the challenges would be to um, kind of like make sure that while we are building, we also um, learn to document things from the beginning, just so that we can look back into things that we did in the past, who worked and didn't work, just to have reference. Um, and I think that's been difficult because in startup, you're you're making things so fast, like it's all about um, make a test, you fail, move on fast. Uh, but I, but I've seen that documenting things like we do this thing of like milestones. So like we have it on our Monday board and my co-founder is always like, oh guys, like make sure that you're writing here. It showed me that it's always important to make sure that you're documenting things so that you remember because memory, human memory is so, so weak. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like the whole thing of like learning from your your mistakes or like from things that happened in the past, which is like all about feedback. Totally. Um, what I learned with like being an entrepreneur is that feedback is really important, like internal feedback, outside feedback. Yeah, that's really cool. So like, what sort of tips would you think would be interesting to apply that to language learning? Would it be something like recording yourself, maybe like once a month saying the same thing or introducing yourself, maybe seeing how you improve over like the year, maybe like every day, last Sunday of the month, you introduce yourself in the language you're learning and you can see your progression. Is something like that in line with like what Beepop's doing or is it more um, interactive? What sort of vibe would I get if I was to join Beepop? So if you were to join Beepop, you would actually have the opportunity to talk with native speakers, which I think it's really important because what we have done is, um, so like, you know, my passion is international cooperation, as you probably have seen, <laughs> but all of our teachers are based in Mexico and Peru. And what we do with this is that you're going to be able to learn from a person that actually sounds like the person that you're going to be talking to, mm. which is what I was seeing with AI, like my, like my pronunciation was sounding correct in my Duolingo and, and Mandarin. Um, but when I talked to the taxi driver or to the IE or my law sure, like everyone was like, like I don't so with Beboob I think that's something that we have really worked hard with is to you'll be able to participate in a class that it's only 25 minutes long super fast because we understand in this world people don't have a lot of free time and it's super engaging because we also understand that maybe when you're I've seen classes online on zoom and it's just listening to a teacher talking it gets boring so with this it's like um, we've heard someone describe us as like hot potato for learning languages. So <laughs> it's 
you are at the edge of your seat, like waiting to be cold. And when you're cold, you need to say words out loud. And if you make a mistake, they make beep boop and they go to the next person. And then you're like completely engaged. You're, you're always trying to think fast. And I, that's one of the things that when you're learning a new language, what you want to accomplish is to be able to talk. Like I'm talking right now in English without thinking too much about translation. Yeah, for sure. I think the fluency and like the practice as well. Um, I think Ali and I can speak like when learning Chinese and like other languages, there's some classes that do it based on like you write things out, like you spend the entire class like listening to the teacher. But um, over the summer, I was able to do like every single day for like two hours and then one hour with just a teacher of just like conversing, like speaking as much Chinese as possible. And I saw like the most growth with that. So I definitely think that Beboop's like company and like the the way that you guys are transitioning, the way we think about learning languages is not only fun, but also just like the best way to learn languages for sure. Um, what does the future of Beep uh, what does the future of Beep Boop have for us? So the future of Beboop is teaching more languages. So we would like to teach first Spanish in many languages. So we've had a lot of students from Philippines. We have students from also Europe. We have students from China that are like, oh, like I want to learn Spanish, but you all have, you only have information in English. So that's the future. We're now moving out of our third party providers and like creating everything in house. Um, and then it's the next languages like English, Portuguese, Mandarin. Like I said, I think with people, we're very comfortable with moving into other languages and like expanding our reach just because our team is also very international. So we're always excited to see what's next. Like I have some of our drill instructors who last year were like, oh, like I, I'm on the Facebook group because we have a Facebook community. That's like one of our things is we have a lot of international communities of language learners. And they were like, hey, this is a student from like Philippines. Like you should, we should venture into that. And we were like, oh my God. So <laughs> yeah. So that's so, so, so cool. So I guess, yeah, looking forward, where do you kind of pick where the new languages are that you want to be focusing on? Because of course, there's so many languages in the world and like we want to learn them all, but where do you find like this the next focus? Do you focus on like how many people speak it, your personal interests, or like how do you expand on that? So definitely thinking about like cost benefit, we'll think of like Portuguese, but also our other language would be English, given that most of our teachers already speak English and they're English teachers in their home countries. Mm. So we also have the content already translated into English and Spanish. That's another thing that we have already done. Um, given that also our speak up, which is how we call our student portal, where you see all your grades and everything, um, it's in English and we can easily change it into Spanish. Um, like most of our teachers are bilingual, like I mentioned. So that would definitely be it. Fantastic. Amazing. So yeah, looking forward, are there any languages that you want to learn yourself? Um, absolutely. I would love to learn Hindi. I, I think I, I want to learn more languages that most of the population of the world speak in so that I can talk to more people. <laughs> but yeah, that would be it. I only know right now Mujin. That's the one thing I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Do you have like a goal of how many languages you want to learn by like the end of 20? 21, 2022? Yeah, I would love to learn at least two more. But I also, I, you probably guys know, like in Chinese, Mandarin, it's a lifelong journey. So I think Definitely. I'm going to do that forever. Plus, like, it's, I love Hansu. So 
I, I think I just want to keep practicing and it, I don't know. I love how it teaches you so many stories by looking at the radicals and like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I like, well, it's like drawings as well. You can kind of look at them as well. That's really cool. So to be honest, as of now, it all sounds very easy. It sounds like you had an issue, you went to college, you were inspired, and then you just created this. But I know very well myself that like an entrepreneurial journey is not easy. There's lots of ups and downs physically, mentally, emotionally with others. So if you are willing to share, I would love to hear some of your vulnerabilities and some of the challenges you face, both fit, like personally or also like with your company on your journey and like what advice would you have for yourself if you could do it again? Yeah, absolutely. I actually, I, I am really thankful for all the experiences that I've had because I learned from everything. Um, but it was definitely not easy. Like I graduated college and, and started doing these from the get-go and just seeing, every, like I will always think like that imposter syndrome, you know, my do young, I need more experience. Um, I'm not American trying to make a company in the US, um, uh, being a woman in tech, of course, like um, it, it was difficult, but I think it really taught me a lot about my inner strength and just believing in myself. I think that's a lot of people teach you about the, the theory of things, but like also leadership skills are so important so important and I think I would always appreciate and look back into this experience with like open arms because I was able to learn how to lead groups of people lead groups of people across the world with different time zones different cultures different ways of working um just making sure also I would tell my tell myself back my myself my my 20 22 year old self or I would be like hey like just you're fine you're not too young you're you're not too foreign so like go for it um I think that's I when I was doing entrepreneurship at the beginning I like I said I experienced it for the first time in Asia and you probably have seen there's not a lot of Peruvian girls there they're probably like <laughs> little <laughs> um but it was really good to like create groups in the industries that you were working in and in entrepreneurship like right now there's such a big movement towards affinity groups and meeting with people uh, I learn a lot from mentors and peers. Um, I would always be grateful for everyone that has like said something or like just by working, I, I feel like I've been following a lot of Latinx here in, in the US, like working in tech and just seeing their stories and like how they were able to like go over so many obstacles. I think it also inspired me. And one thing that I, I remember I will always think of is that the work that I'm doing is not just for me. So just create an impact and realizing that everything that I'm doing right now has a bigger purpose. Like we're not just like creating a language learning company because languages are important and all that, but it's also because we want to make sure to break down language barriers across the world. Like when we started Vivo, we focused on healthcare professionals because we saw a big divide between Spanish speaking patients and healthcare professionals in the US. And this was before the pandemic. So <laughs> I, I would say that to myself, like keep going, keep believing and resilience. I think that's, oh my God, you, you, you mentioned about being abroad. Like I, I left Peru when I was 18 years old. Um, oh, so wow. it was, it was always like a, a great journey, very hard, but I like, I remember talking to my dad yesterday he was like, you remember that time when you were in South Korea or that time when you were in Netherlands, like you've done that, like shared all those stories because those are things that I couldn't find online. Like 
I've probably applied for so many visas when I was <laughs> studying and it's just, I've, you learn a lot. That's amazing. And I think that like Ali and I definitely value like global perspective a lot growing up kind of all over the place. I definitely resonate with this idea that the more you travel and the more you connect with other people, the more you can understand not only the world, but also like the complexities of it and like the nuances of different cultures, which I think is something that I'm definitely fortunate and very grateful that I had that experience. Um, Is there any place on your, um, that you like really want to travel to again that really like resonated with you or really like you learned a lot from? Oh, definitely Hanjo. (laughs) Or Shanghai, definitely 100%. I I cannot explain how much fun I had, how much I learned. Um, Like I still remember running to the train to catch my train, losing my train to go back to Hanjo, taking the bus, like arguing with people in Mandarin, like, oh. I don't know. I miss it. I miss it every day. I talk to my friends there. And I think um, when I was studying there, I was also at Tizan University. So there's a big international student population. Um, Meeting people that I don't think I would have been able to meet here in the U.S. Because you get different types of nationalities in China, too, that it's really hard to find here. Yeah, for sure. That's amazing. And I hope that you and Ali can meet when you're back in Shanghai um, and hopefully share a really nice meal together. Um, As we begin to wrap up the podcast, we love to ask our guests, uh, what is something that you want to leave for future female entrepreneurs and future female language learners um, five to 10 years from now? Um, I would say for future female entrepreneurs is to not let imposter syndrome win. Like don't let it win today. Like, no, um, you're capable, you're enough, you are very smart. Um, and the things that you don't know, you learn them as you go. I think that's a really important thing. And just keep going. Uh, don't give up. Um, and then for female language learners, I would say, um, oh, I know also another thing about like female entrepreneurs, like help other women. Cause I think that when you get there, you should always make sure that you open more doors for other people. Definitely open the door for you. So you always have to give it back because that will create a, I think it's like a snowball effect. Yeah. And there will be more people like you in the positions that you are. Um, but for female language learners, I would say, um, like we have most of our users are women. And what I have seen, and like even in my school, it's a global school. Like we were, like I said, traveling every semester. It was mostly women. Like women are very social and capable people when it comes to communication. And we are really strong at that. So I would continue saying um, you, you just keep learning and practice every time that you can and immerse yourself in it. Um, even if you're uncomfortable saying words that you don't know, like and you don't know if you're saying them correctly, just say them and be open to feedback from other people. Because I think that's what helped me when I was learning English, like being in school. And I remember Maybe my teacher will listen to this, but I had this teacher, um, he used to always make me remember the difference between two words, like maybe I'm not saying them correctly now, like judge and, and judging, something like that. And he, he always told me, he's like, Alejandra, I'm, I'm saying this to you now because I know people in the future will. And I think just being open to feedback, it's really important um, because that way you're going to be able to give, get your message across easier. That's totally true. I think 
the moment you have that like open mindset and that flexible mindset, you're able to really improve yourself. Like no one's doing it because they want to hurt you. It's like, they want to help you as well. Like someone who doesn't care about you won't correct you because they're like, yeah, whatever they can suffer. doesn't matter. But if someone really cares about you, they'll correct you because they want you to be better in the future. Um, but yeah, um, I think that just about wraps it up. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast for our audience who want to continue to follow your journey. How and where can they do that? So absolutely, you can go and book a class right now. We have classes every 30 minutes for free um, at book.bibu.us. So that immediately will take you to our scheduling system or you can go to our website, which is www.bibu.us. And we're also on Instagram, we're on TikTok, we're on YouTube, we're every social media you can think of. Um, so yeah, definitely check us out on also Rate My Role Challenge. Um, we have, you can go to the website, ratemyrole.bivu.us and participate in our challenge. Um, our amazing drill instructors will be giving you feedback um, and you're re-entering a chance to win a VIP membership. Ooh, very exciting. Thank you so much. That wraps it up for today's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you learned a lot about Alejandra and the world of language learning. Check out our past episodes and look out for our upcoming episodes featuring inspiring Gen Z female entrepreneurs on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this counter in episode now. To stay updated and involved, join the Entrepreneurs Network community on our Instagram and LinkedIn and get in touch with us to share your very own entrepreneurial journey.